and we are rolling. So thank you for listening. My name is Tom, and this is Abroad Madness. Welcome back for another episode. Well, so actually, you know, your job, like something I was kind of interested in. So you worked at, uh, I mean, before a podcast started a little bit, you were like saying, "Oh yeah, I was kind of a guinea pig <laughs> at this." No, I mean, I mean, I, I I decided to be a guinea pig in the sense that like I wanted to have like a professional experience in Japan. Yeah. But, but a lot of people like they just go to these like multinational companies where there's like an English speaking environment and it's very foreigner friendly. Yeah. And I didn't really want to have that skewed experience. I wanted to have a, to have a more like legit experience of working in japan so i actively searched for a company that was hiring foreigners mm. but that didn't have a lot of um, foreigners like foreign yeah. workers in there like most of my non-japanese colleagues they were asian like they were like from mainland china taiwan uh there was a girl from the philippines but that was pretty much it like no one else was uh non-japanese so all the in-work communication was done in japanese and there there were no known like there were no foreigners in any like uh, leading positions in the company. Like everybody was like a manager or like some sort of like uh, big guy in the company. They were they were all Japanese, you know. Yeah. And all the foreign workers, they were like just uh, new guys out, or or they were starting out. Yeah, they were not like so influential in the hierarchical structure. <laughs> company <laughs> and what what was your company like what is the field your company is was working at oh uh, my company works like uh, it's like a big group and they and they're divided into four main areas and the one i was working in had to do with telecommunications but they also had other ones that were related to like uh, uh factories there was one for it and there was one for like sports management and i, w- I was doing the, like the translation and international scouting and everything in the telecommunications department. So basically, it's a company that works with, let's say, like the, the cell phone providers in Japan, um, the electricity grid in Japan as well. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of companies, they partner up with the company that I used to work for. And my job was uh, like a lot of translation and also basically doing like scouting and helping like other foreign workers that were doing these types of jobs in Japan. Uh, it, it was like a mix of translation and also like international human resources, if you want to call it. Okay. So in terms of like experience, it was quite interesting, actually. Like I, I really enjoyed the learning experience of it. I just didn't adapt so well to the Japanese like work culture. <laughs> but that's a whole nother kind of word. What, what was it like? Because you work in Tokyo and you had exactly, some yeah. work before, you know, COVID. Because I definitely do see that ever since COVID happened, like the work environment has shifted so drastically. You know, right now I'm also part of the workforce. I've only been to one Nomikai and that was because like we have this one guy coming back from America. So they were like, yeah, let's do something. And also like, yeah, let's do your, like Tom, let's do your Kangi uh, Kali, let's do your welcome party. And I was like, oh, oh, this, by the way, this was like around like the November. That yeah, that that you mean like two, like twenty nineteen or 2020? no no this year this year November oh twenty twenty one yeah yeah so sure. like yeah. I, I just had like the first drinking party I had like you know with my colleagues with my boss with my you know, managers and that's it well I think for you know back before like you know two thousand nineteen and everything if you're living in Tokyo you kind of have you kind of expect that you would be drinking a lot right. Yeah, so I started my job in 2020. So uh, I had I had zero nomikai with 
anyone in the company like the company was very strict with you know covid and yeah um some people got it and then they like we had to go uh, back to, to like uh teleworking like working from home um so yeah that that could have influenced it like i'm not sure if positively or negatively because i would have hated to go drinking out of you know obligation uh-huh. but at the same time i feel like maybe if i had had the chance to go drinking with some of my closer colleagues maybe working next day would have been a little bit easier mm-hmm. so i'm not sure which one would have been but definitely covid kind of ruined that side of working in japan mm-hmm. for sure for better or for worse right um so I, basically like i had maybe one or two like dinners like like going like eating out with colleagues like once or twice maybe in two years oh okay and there was also like one day where me and some colleagues who became closer we went out you know privately you know but <laughs> it was pretty much three or four times and that's it there was not like there was no socializing outside of work at all mm. what about like your like you know your, the, the people from your same batch like doki yeah so basically i became really close with um this chinese guy ah, like okay. mostly because we had like similar tastes in music ah, and also you and, you uh, can speak some extent of chinese i mean yeah we, we would speak mostly in chinese ah. like unless some japanese person was in the group and then we would change but right that was nice like i could practice with him and also we had so many like uh tastes in common mm-hmm. and it was easier to talk to him than with other people who mm-hmm. i had no interest in common right and Yeah, I mean, with people who were like doki, like on the same level as me, I had mostly just great relations and everybody was super nice. Right, the right. The problem was with like people like <laughs> on top of the pyramid. Ah, uh, you know? yeah. So everybody was on the same level. We we all hang out and we had good relationships. And with some guys, we would speak about soccer all the time. Oh, like okay. like the last like oh, did you watch the match? Whatever. And we would talk about players and everything. It was it was great. But then with Like within the structure, there was a lot of like uh, I wouldn't call it harassment in my case, but I definitely saw some things that I didn't really enjoy. Like I didn't really like to see some of the things there. Mm. There was a lot of like uh, you know Japanese called pawahara, right? Like you know like uh, using uh, too much uh, of your influence to like kind of like uh, humiliate your subordinates stuff like that. In my case, I feel like because I was a foreigner with a a very foreigner like distinctive face, I was kind of like protected. Because if they did something to me, it would stand out. Yeah. But I saw some of my Japanese colleagues like uh, they were like dealing with stuff that they shouldn't be dealing with. Like the superiors were being like too aggressive. Mm-hmm. They were uh, giving them too much work outside of work hours. They were okay. sometimes humiliating them with like these little jabs. You know, like they were they would say these things that were not so nice. And so I, guess. I didn't really like it. I admit, like that can happen in any country. I know, but. The fact that in Japan, like structure, like your your position in the structure is so important. Right. It really highlights that kind of like abuse when it happens. I feel. And also, you know, usually we just hear about this because I'm lucky enough to have a company, like to be in a company where no such hierarchy, like no such power harassment it ha- is going on. But you've seen it happen, like right in front of you. So obviously you. You know, you have your own take. You obviously feel it's kind of disgusting, or you're just like not, just not for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, because those those things are like your the toshi densetsu. What is that thing called? 
Uh, the urban legend. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My my English. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like the urban le- like legend you hear about. Like your if you work in Japan, it's like oh the people are gonna power harass you, or like everyone you know it's there's gonna be a lot of like uh over overtime. It's just like it's not it's just not a great environment to study like you know to work in that's what uh, an image of what people have when you think about working in japan so at least right now i'm still kind of free from all that like uh i guess it's good for me that my relationship with my managers with my co-workers are also pretty good so yeah hopefully it, it just stays it stays that way <laughs> hopefully it yeah stays i mean that way. and um i mean as things change i assume that this kind of thing will become less and less common. So right, right. I'm I'm glad it's working out for you. Like in my case, like I had a some overwork, but not not so frequently, so it was okay. I, I um, feel like over time is fine yeah. at some extent because I'm okay with like let's say I I recently I'm not sure like tell me if you also feel that when you're working you kind of feel like oh this is your responsibility and you kind of want to finish it and it kind of it's kind of shit that you have to like just. Because it's time to go back home, you can't finish it, and you're like, "Oh, but there's no need to kind of overtime because I would have time th- the next day to do it." But it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of a shitty feeling, like yo, know, you kind of just stop like halfway. I feel like like if you're doing something that you're really passionate about, that uh-huh. becomes the default. Uh... In my case, at some point, I felt like I was just um, I was just there to do what I was being told you know like i had these functions that i had to fulfill uh-huh. but i wasn't doing it out of love for the job right so uh-huh. if i'm tra- if i'm translating at home and i'm doing i'm working on like something that i really like then yeah it's like 10 p.m and i can go for uh, like one more hour if i need to because i'm really engaged with it but in my right. case it was just something i had to do to get my paycheck at the end of the month <laughs> you know that's what it became yeah. so that that's the main reason why i quit it wasn't be- like i saw some abuse whatever but I, w- I wouldn't say that the company I was working for was like full of abuse cases, whatever. No, it was like it was happening as it happens in most big companies in Japan, right? Right. But uh, in my case, it was like I had no motivation to go on. and I didn't feel like I was doing something that was suited for me. Yeah. I-, I had to see it as like I did this real, like two year intensive Japanese course. Like my Japanese improved a lot because I had oh. to speak in like eight hours a day, right? I had to pick up the phone and speak with like these oh. 50 or, or 60 year old people who oh. had never talked to a foreigner. So I my Jap- Because like, like you said, like at university, like you think your Japanese is great or no. uh, your French is great. But the thing is like, we only speak with other students or with teachers who are used to speaking with foreigners. Right. And then you go, you work for a company and you have to deal with these clients who are like, it's like a 50 year old guy who has no time on his hands. Right. right. Oh. He doesn't want to speak with like uh, someone who doesn't understand. Right. Like oh. I had like, like in, in, in my first three months, I had two clients who said like, uh, can you, can you call a Japanese person? Oh, that's <laughs> like, the most shittiest person. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, why? And you're like, oh, because you don't understand what I'm saying. And I was like, well, no, I do understand. It's just that maybe I, I'm not like, uh, communicating it clearly but i am understanding what you're saying and I'll, I'll 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 convey it to the next person but they were like no and, and that was one of the things like i i felt profiled a lot like i felt like if i did something that was bad or good it's because i'm a foreigner so it's like <sighs> oh it's you 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 europeans are so good at this or or you, you europeans are so bad at this and i i would have to fit into that label right mm. that was so stressful but at the same time it was also good to have this experience because um, like there's a lot of Chinese people in Portugal 
And I assume that they have to deal with this shit all the time. Right. And like uh, whenever Asians go to Europe or to America, whatever, they also have to deal with this kind of uh, profiling and stereotyping. So it's kind of good to have it as an experience just so that you know that like you shouldn't do it to other people because it, <laughs> it sucks. It really sucks. Really. Right. I think sometimes my co-workers actually do do that but then i would just usually call them out i'm like no fuck you i would just like straight out say that it's like they're like oh how good dick but like oh you're really good at english or something i'm like no i just studied <laughs> i would just like call them exactly. out exactly like call them your, out it's your personal your personal merit it's yeah. not because you're malaysian whatever yeah i mean i still to this day like when they're like oh no like tell me your, your japanese is good enough like to, to do this i'm like no i still need your help because like i can't do this it's hard <laughs> i i just don't i guess like uh my my co-workers are pretty i guess like nice are really nice yeah, like, it's, yeah it's, it sounds like a good environment like uh because uh mine my co- my workplace is also kind of similar to yours i work in a fact uh, not a factory but a maker like a maker san like so, a manufacturer. Yeah, oh, yeah, the manufacturer. Yeah, <laughs> Japanese, <laughs> English, <laughs> maker, <laughs> maker. <laughs> what the fuck is a maker? But I work at a manufacturing of uh, uh, company. So our company doesn't. I I think we have like four foreigners in the whole company. But our company has been trying really hard to be more international, and also they've definitely been trying really hard to follow the rules. Don't do too much out over time. There'll be stress. Like they even get like this, like a what stress checkup. <laughs> I actually got. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My company had that too. Yeah. I actually came out stress. <laughs> the the chart was the the chart like you know like when I got it I was like oh shit like what what it like I was like joking around with my like the my coworkers I was like oh what if I got stress ooh, 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 like kind of like that moment I opened I was like oh shit it actually says I'm stressed but. What it says, you're not really stressed about work. You're more stressed about your relationship, like yo, your life. I was like, <laughs> fuck this shit. <laughs> was that really a check, or was it like some sort of like astrology kind of thing? I mean, <laughs> obviously, like you know, it's kind of like it's the same shit with astrology. Like it's like you know, when you when someone says something about you, and you're like kind of thinking about it, you're like, oh shit, this is this is real. It it does have that feel to it, but at that moment, you know, I was also doing. I started recently started the podcast, and like I always say, like the podcast, like doing the podcast, like the recording is the most fun, like the most fun part of them all, and everything else is just very stressful. <laughs> you mean like like the editing and yeah. up- uploading and everything? The editing is the shittiest part, like the the part that they, takes the most time, I would say, and also because. I've definitely find it. I mean, it's the same with every skill. You know, at the start, you're kind of okay with just like a very normal. But then, as you grow, like not as you grow, but as you do it longer and longer, you start picking up things that you're like, oh yeah, I kind of feel this is kind of like you know, kininaru. What the fuck is kininaru? <laughs> yeah, it it just starts bothering you, like, right? Thank thank you for translating. <laughs> I need a translator yeah. today. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> but um the thing is like like i I feel the same with like uh, translating like when you translate like the actual translation is super fun but then you have to edit the document like you have to revise it proofread and everything Uh, it's just so boring 
And then, but the thing is, like, if you don't do it, if you submit a translation without doing the proofreading, it'll be full of mistakes, and then you'll have to do it anyway, like later, like because the client will be super upset. Oh, this is full of mistakes, and then you have to redo it, which takes double time. You know, so you should just do it. It's the same thing as editing, you know, the the audio for the podcast. Uh-huh. I feel like it's the same kind of laborious task. You, yeah. you you have to do it. Otherwise, you you can't keep the quality of the of the product, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely that. And also, like usually, I spend a lot of my time or like energy on just editing. And then I'm supposed to be more, I guess, you know, for doing anything on social media or like, you know, this kind of podcast, you are supposed to do marketing better. Like, you know, you're supposed to put it on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, like promote, promote. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I try to like make reels and stuff like that. But like, I, as I said, I use up a lot of my, you know, happy energy, like your know, happy-go-lucky energy on the recording, which I'm happy about it. And I use a lot of like the tech and also like kind of just like the meticulous detailed energy on editing. I have nothing left for Instagram marketing side. So yeah, I mean, hopefully the podcast will become big enough that you can outsource the marketing aspect and you can just know. focus on the other. <laughs> I mean, technically saying like I I can outsource it if I want to right now. Like I have yeah. money from my own job, like my proper job. <laughs> I can just do that. But as of right now, I still think like I want to make it. You know, just me. I want to be the one who does it. Maybe in the future, I'll probably have like a different mindset. But as of right now, I still think like I want everything to, you know, have a little bit of my touch. Because uh, for the reels, I do add like a little bit of an emotion. Like, you know, wh- when we're talking, we have our, I see your face and then you see my face. So, we, you, you know, there are still some things where I, I'm showing to you, but not to the park, like, you know, to the listeners. So that's oh, like, exactly. yeah. So that's something like I try to like, you know, kind of put like a little bit of memes in the reels and everything. So that's like a little bit of my touch there. So I feel like if I do actually outsource it, maybe I can't do it or maybe it wouldn't be there and it would just bother me. So yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah, this is just me trying to be perfect. I mean, it would become like too bland. Like it wouldn't have enough of you in it. So it would just become like as all other reels, like for other podcasts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's why, like, yeah, I'm definitely if like one person comes around and they're like, oh, okay, you have the same sense of humor I have, or like you have the same sense of things I want to do. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah, but for now, I'm gonna be doing everything, and I guess it takes a lot of time scheduling. Yeah, but at the same time, you can take credit for everything, right? True. 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 Yeah. So that's, that's a two-way street. Yeah, two-way street. Absolutely. So actually, so you, I mean, before like we talk about like you can actually speak like up to six languages. So as I said, give me some tips. I'm currently trying to learn Korean and German and I am not starting at all. <laughs> like not, like not even trying. So first I would start by saying that like input is so important. So mm-hmm. like a lot of people, they stick to the textbook or to the app they're using yeah. and they don't watch enough TV or listen to music. But the thing is like, you really need to listen a lot before you can speak it fluently. Like if you think about how you learned English, for example, like, but you're Malaysian. So like people speak English in the streets, right? But yeah. even if you weren't living in a country where people speak it in the streets, whatever, one of the keys to do it, like, you would have to watch a lot of movies, for example, or mm-hmm. listen to songs in English, whatever. 
and that exposure like really helps your brain adapting to the sounds and get exposure to um, vocabulary, for example. If you just start doing German, but you have no German in your like in your head, like how can you speak it, right? right you can right. only repeat the sentences that you practice with in your textbook or whatever, but you have no reference in your brain to help you speaking it. So you need a lot of exposure, and then you have to complement that with something that's adapted to your level. And that can be a textbook, that can be like a a graded reader, like a simplified book where the content is really simple but you can still enjoy the story or the content right also like nowadays we have the internet so you can do so much more than before you can listen to podcasts <laughs> like for example you can look up the same article on wikipedia and you can change the language to the to your target language and you can put them side like if you have like two screens or you have like an ipad and a computer you can put them side by side even though on wikipedia technically like the articles are not 100% the same right. but usually the, the intros are the same so you, you can compare them and see like words you already know who are like oh. that are like very similar especially with german because german and english are very similar in terms of vocabulary you can you can compare them and also like you should handwrite a lot i feel like people <laughs> nowadays they type all their like uh, all their notes into the computer or the smartphone but the right. thing is like you need to uh, use your muscular memory yeah <laughs> otherwise it just doesn't stick like i i never handwrite anything anymore but when i'm studying languages i still keep like an an actual notebook with paper and uh, i write all the words and i write all the sentences and yeah. i try to like write as much as possible i mean i'm definitely guilty of not writing anymore like i sometimes forget i mean who, who does no one does yeah i forget a lot of chinese and then even japanese i'm writing out i'm like what is this word? And I would just like, you know, the laptop is usually in front of me. I would just like put the hiragana in there. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was just like right there. It's <laughs> like, what, what? Just like, yeah, make everything digital. Digital. I don't have to write it. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but then you like, you can't write it. Like you, even if you had to do it for your life, like you couldn't. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> it's of shit. Important. I was saying that like, like, you can also try to like change your environment as much as possible like for example i told you that i i'm learning polish so i changed my like my, my instagram to polish right yeah yeah you should try to do that as much as possible like everything that you can change into your target language do it like for example if you are like reading a book like let's say you're studying something that interests you yeah like yeah. you want to read up on history so you're you're reading a history book in english but you can always look up stuff about the topic in german if you're learning german and you can write on the book or in your notebook stuff that's related to your reading, but instead of doing it in English, you do it in German. Mm. It doesn't have to be full sentences. Like if, you, if you're a beginner, you won't be able to, but you can still write like these words. So how do you say king? You look up the word king and then you write it in your notebook uh -huh. and then you keep reading in English. And so you just incorporate the language into your life. So it's not something that you do for one hour in that day. It's something that you can do along, like uh, along the day, like from the morning to the evening, you can do like all the stuff that you used to do, but you put a little bit of the target language in it. That mm. to me, that that's like the most um, important and seemingly way of yeah, it's it's the most natural way of doing it because if you are only studying it during like a designated time, 
once you're done with it, you'll forget about it. The next day, like everything that you did, like it will become like very vague and soon forget about it. You have to incorporate it into your life. Mm. I mean, the best way is making is, is making friends and you know yeah. speaking to them. But you know, like with German people, like they want to speak in English to you. With Koreans, they, if they're living in Japan, they'll speak in Japanese uh, to you. Yeah. So it's it's difficult to find time to actually speak with them, like with the with the native speaker. Uh, well, I mean, like. I, 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 if I want to, I could probably have done it. <laughs> I mean, you could always pay them like ah, three thousand no, yen. Like, I, I'm, just gonna, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, go run up all of the Germans I know and be like, "You, you guys always wanted me to go to German, right? So, like, this is your chance. <laughs> Educate me. <laughs> Educate. I me. mean, you could, you could pay them. You still have all that money you didn't use for outsourcing. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. You might as well true. Use it. You might as well use it. True, like you learn a language and maybe one day go to Europe and yeah. But... Yeah, it's a shame with now with COVID, like you can't go to anywhere. I mean, you can, but you have to quarantine and everything. It's not really as practical as it used to be, like two years ago. I I think of it like this. So right right now we can travel, right? So everyone just save up money, just save up money, and then just you know. You let's say like I always wanted to, not always wanted. I already had a plan to always travel to Korea every single year, like once at least once every single year. This is how much I'm really into Korea. I used to like you know, really enjoy K-pop, like uh, K-drama and everything, but then I kind of went past that. I'm just like I just want to go there and just eat. I just want to join the culture there, just join the people and just like assimilate in that. Culture a little bit, but then not every single day because I think the living situation there is kind of worse than Japan, and I'm like, hey, no, <laughs> hell no. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard about it. Yeah, I would just tell people like, if you're saving up money, don't just keep currency, like just invest uh, in something because there's like a big market crash and oh, your yeah. currency loses all its value. True. Then you've been saving up for nothing, basically. Yeah. I so just, like, just get some, uh, I don't know, some stocks. Stocks, maybe some some actual gold, like physical gold or silver, <laughs> whatever. Get something that, like, if, if there's a big market crash, you can actually, tr- you know, trade it. <laughs> yeah, you're, tra- you're like, you're, I still remember, like, with currency because yeah. Silpa, Silpa says it's like yeah. Indians, like the Indians love the gold. Like, no matter how <laughs> how like terrible their situation is, they would always find a way to get gold. And apparently, apparently, you know how like. In Japan or like in China, they have like the Swangshi, which is like the eleven eleven. Oh, what is that? I'm single not, I'm single not sure days. What, what that is? Single days. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, like the big, like the Black Friday kind of thing. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah, yeah. technically, just Black Friday, but they just do it on every year eleven eleven, and also twelve twelve, which is like a few days ago. But oh, so, I, I didn't know that. I only knew about the eleven one. Yeah, uh, the twelve twelve came after a little bit. But so what Silpa, you know, uh, the Indian girl yeah. before, she actually told me that there apparently is a day for when gold is sold cheaply in India. Wow. It's like you get a wholesale. You, if you buy this much, you get this, this much like discount and then everything. So apparently people would just save up money for like a year and just wait for that day, basically Black Friday, to just buy gold. And I was like, what? How, what? How? How do you guys even have that much gold? It's just like amazing to me. It's like how. 
Yeah. India. Yeah. But I, but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, gold has kept most of, like, it's, it has kept its value for most decades. So it's yeah. still kind of like safe. Even it's boring and you have to carry it, whatever. But still, it seems like it's pretty safe <laughs> compared to, I don't know, I don't know, like Turkish money, like the Turkish lira, like when the when the markets crashed and it lost half its value and then oh. people lost their savings. It was like super sad, you know. And I'm always afraid that something like that can happen. But then at the same time, I usually just keep currency. So <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like there's nothing we could really do because you can't always just say like, oh, you can't, you shouldn't keep money. But then you also shouldn't say that, oh, you should like you should spend everything else but yeah but i mean back to the whole like korean thing i finally like the reason why i just stopped there was because i forgot what i was gonna say so let's say like uh so in 2018 and 2019 i actually managed to go to korea which was great and everything so right now 2020 and 2021 i couldn't go so i'm just gonna save up more and 2022 hopefully hopefully find a time go to korea and actually like you know, maybe back then I would be backpacking a lot or I would be like staying in really small hostels and everything. Maybe I could go stay in a proper hotel and like, you know, treat myself a little bit. I think I told that to my parents. I was like, yeah, you, it's true that you can't, you guys come come to Japan and see us for two years. But, you know, in two years time, you guys actually save up quite some money. So when you come here, you can just, let's, let's hit the Ryokan. Like, let's go to the Ryokan. And, yeah, I can stay in a nice place. Yeah. Right. And finally, because... Uh, onsen, onsen culture is definitely something I want to introduce to my parents, but I don't think they can. They they can like you know get naked in front of like everyone else like us. You know we are young, so we don't really care anymore. So I was thinking, oh, if we actually go to a, a on like a ryokan, you can get a private onsen, and so the, my parents can just go in there by themselves. They can enjoy their time while I go to the normal onsen. So yeah. That's yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Right. Absolutely, it's a shame that like so many, so many like uh, I'm gonna say Western people in general, but no, like so, so many Westerners like yeah, they're afraid of going to to onsen, which is like what's so what's so weird about it? I mean, I know like in the West we usually we don't get naked like that, but it's it's not like it's it's not sexual. Like you just go just take a bath, you know? It's so it's natural, so. It's, I, there's nothing weird about it. No, but, I I get I get the whole thing because yeah. uh, I mean from Asia, like it's I mean at least from Southeast Asia, it's not a thing to get naked and go to the bath to, like you know with everyone else. But I definitely do get the whole like situation why people are like not like oh like I have to be naked because you know when we think about naked, we think about it's usually with our partners or we think about it's you and also bath time. It's kind of like the only time you get to be alone, like quality time for yourself. Like what? Like people shower and sing in, in the showers. And, you know, like I think you, all of us always have our best ideas on the toilets. I mean, I do have some great ideas on the shower for sure. True, like, right. so, sometimes like, you know, like I write poetry and sometimes like, you know, there's a mirror on my shower room, right? Yeah. Sometimes I have an idea. I have to write it with the, you know, with the... Steve. The steam, yeah. I, I, there's steam on the mirror, so I, I write like the first verse, and then when I get out, I pick up my phone and I I type right. it in. Right. Yeah. So definitely, yeah. So I I, get, I guess like I get why people are kind of like oh like I don't want to, you know, get into like 
a public place where you know bath like showering and bathing are supposed to be more like private so i definitely do get that but it's still definitely as you say it's really a shame so that's why i actually told my parents i was like oh yeah we could get you as pipe uh, you know with all that money saved for two years private onsen sounds great sorry for the cliffhanger but as always thank you for listening this is tom from abroad madness and we will see you next episode bye bye